0: Today's episode is sponsored by Amy Barrickman, founder of Indigo Junction. Indigojunction.com is your source for books and patterns in both print and PDF format. Indigo Junction produces designs for home and fashion, as well as an extensive selection of apparel patterns, including their popular modern Indigo Essentials line. Be sure to visit Indigo Junction's blog for fabric and notions giveaways celebrating National Sewing Month. Sign up for Indigo Junction's newsletter to receive a 20% off coupon code. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 129 of the Walshy Naps podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Today, we're talking about building a handmade clothing brand with my guest, Courtney Chu. Courtney was trained as an industrial designer and worked as a children's fashion designer. She's obsessed with transforming and saving clothing from landfills through children's and pet clothing that she makes. Currently, she's creating memorable and lasting pieces that enhance any adventure through her brand, Courtney Courtney. Courtney Chu, welcome. Hello. Hi. I'm, Hi. I'm so excited to have you on the show. And I have admired and bought Courtney Courtney dresses for my own daughters for many, many years. And so when I reached out to you over the summer and asked if you'd be on the podcast, I was just so excited when you said yes. So um, I can't wait to talk to you. And um, you haven't done a ton of interviews. So I'm super excited to hear (laughs) about your brand and the business that you've built, because it is really cool.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, I guess one of the positives that I remembered your name was because you know I was able to sell directly online, so I know every customer, and you know they've sent me photos of their children wearing my pieces. So yeah, I feel a to- good connection there.
0: Totally. Oh my gosh, it's it is it's really neat. Um, your your business is is super cool. So um, so I get the feeling just from um, from watching you that you are probably somebody who's been a pretty creative person throughout your entire life. Um, you just seem like someone who really exudes creativity. So I wondered if you could start by telling us a little bit about where you grew up and what
1: you were like as a kid. Uh, for some reason, when I look back, I don't seem to remember much before age 13. <laughs> I don't think anything dramatic happened. I just I don't know why I forget memories. Um, But I find that I kind of just like to keep busy and always have things to do, Um, and I'm very skeptical, and I like to, you know, gather things and have crafts and, you know, play shop and, I don't know, dress dolls and not play with them in dollhouses or anything, but, you know, just kind of set scenes. Were you interested in dressing yourself? My mom shopped a lot at Benetton, so I was a Benetton kid. Um, so I had a lot of crazy colors and, you know, bold eighties styles. Um but then later on I as you know, I was afraid of attention. So I, I switched fully to I think gray and black mostly. So you were pretty But that probably was high school. Right. Okay. So were you pretty shy in high school? Yeah. I would say so. Kind of kept to myself, although it somehow received most creative superlative. So, <laughs> okay. So you were
0: still recognized <laughs> as being creative, even though you were kind of a wallflower.
1: I yeah. I guess that seems a little strange, but maybe it was through my artwork, or I guess yeah, whatever I created. Okay, and in where, art class. And where was this? Where where did you grow up? So I grew up in Midlothian, Virginia, which is a suburb outside richmond um yeah pretty much just trees and houses pretty simple okay kind uh, of childhood kind of suburban Mm -hmm. and what did your parents do for work um my father was a mental health state hospital administrator and my mother is a biochemist
0: oh wow okay and were they creative or did they teach you how
1: to sew or paint or do that sort of thing Uh, My mom used to cross-stitch, and then I think she kind of just got sick of it or (laughs) stopped doing that so much. Um, Now she knits a lot. Uh, My father, I have a theory that he is actually very creative, but never really explored it through art or other media. Mm -hmm. Okay, and were you... Because
0: he's... Because he was busy with work and...
1: Um, No, he still sends me ideas of things that he wants to make. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. So what kinds of things? Um, For some reason, he's been fixed on this saddlebag that goes over a bicycle seat for years. (laughs) So he's like sending you prototypes. Like storage. Yeah, storage (laughs) ideas, pockets on vests. Um, You know, he wants to add, you know, pockets to clothing for storage and security. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That's funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so were you an only child, or did you have siblings? I have an older brother, and he's about four years okay. older and than me. Is he in a creative field? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I think I, I was right. pretty
1: much the only artsy one.
0: And so you went off to Carnegie Mellon to major in industrial design. And can you just explain a little bit, like, what is industrial design? Because it's a pretty unusual
1: major. I'm sure some people are like, what is that? Right. Um, I guess most simply you would say product design. However, now product has become a whole, you know, tech term instead. So it'd be any anything physical that, um, you know, furniture, cars, uh, tabletop, um, anything that you can, you know, give a ergonomic or visual design too.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So putting pockets in, in, uh, <laughs> in things like your dad, right.
1: uh-huh. <laughs> can I add more storage? Is there, yes. is suggesting. Okay. Right. <laughs>
0: cool. So that's a pretty neat major and, and Carnegie Mellon definitely seems like the right college to go to for that. Um, mm. yeah, they, they that seems like a specialty that they would offer. Um, so I'm wondering what you were thinking at that time, like your career path might, might be because I can't imagine it was what Courtney Courtney became. I mean, maybe it was, but what what were you thinking you might be doing?
1: Um, actually, if we go back a little bit to me being a skeptical kid, I also didn't really research um, the actual routes that you take when you enter school design at Carnegie Mellon. So at that time, After freshman year, you decide whether you want to go into graphic design or industrial design. So I didn't even know that was even a choice I had to make. Um, And at that point, I didn't want to make websites and, you know, letterheads and things like that. But and so I chose industrial design. So you chose
0: it sort of just by default because you just didn't want to be a graphic designer, (laughs) but not necessarily because you really wanted to be an industrial designer.
1: Uh, Yeah it was the better choice. And I, you know, I really do love being hands-on.
0: Okay. Right. So and it was sort of less that was, computer, that was the best choice. Right. It was sort of less flat and more three-dimensional. Um, yeah.
1: I, I knew I wouldn't have to be sitting at a computer all right. day. Okay.
0: All right. So you sort of fell into it in a way, but without necessarily a long-term
1: plan. hmm Okay. I never, I've never had a long-term plan.
0: You were just sort of there, <laughs> kind of do,
1: yes, kind of
0: going through, doing, Just
1: doing it. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make things right,
0: right, all right. <laughs> so after you graduated, you um, you took a job that brought you to Chicago. What were you doing? Mm-hmm. What, what was that job? Um, I was designing
1: <clears throat> products for our children's accessories. Okay, Sorry, a children's accessories company. So it was a lot of you know Photoshop, Illustrator um designing and coming up with color schemes themes um and everything was made
0: overseas okay so were they like hair accessories that kind of thing um uh, more
1: like wearable so umbrellas or rainwear rain boots um knitwear
0: okay and you were designing them and then they would be prototyped and then manufactured overseas right
1: okay cool and sold wholesale, huh?
0: yeah so was that an interesting job like did you enjoy doing that yeah, it was, um,
1: it was really fun to, you know, my favorite would be just coming up with ideas and you know, coming up drawings and themes and trying to, you know, reach different who their customer would be distinguishing at that point, boys and girls and, you know, trying to introduce, you know, new ideas to the company.
0: Okay. And was it then like that you started doing kind of thrifting and refashioning on the side into what sort of became Courtney Courtney or do I have that timeline right
1: um I actually started working on Courtney Courtney probably a a little before college and then towards the end of college
0: oh wow so it's really been all along in a way Mm
1: -hmm. so in high school it wasn't really um a popular choice to go away during the summer, and I guess some people went to summer camps, but I had somehow learned of pre-college, and I saw one at RISD, and so I did a summer program for textile design there, and I loved it. So that's where I learned how to silkscreen, but then I had all this fabric that I printed. Um, and so at some point, maybe during college, a little before college, my mom allowed me to get a sewing machine. And so I began practicing and, you know, sewing with that. Then I began actually just trying on t-shirts and then I just kind of went nuts. And, you know, that was, I just found that I really enjoyed a t-shirt fabric. Okay. So were you thrifting that fabric? Yes. So I started then thrifting and, you know, kind of limited to, you know, what I found. And, you know, I keep playing with, you know, the stretchiness and the the textures and with how the the t-shirt cotton behaves. Okay,
0: so you were <clears throat> thrifting, and that you had the silk screening experience from RISD, but you weren't—were mm-hmm. you silk screening at home?
1: Um, no, not at that point. Okay, um, that probably did come in later when I was working for his company, and you know, in my apartment at night, I would silk screen <laughs> on the floor. Okay, but. And were you making dresses
0: for girls or were you just making like shirts for yourself? Yeah. So
1: it was first for myself. So I guess the women's size, Um, I went in on a little timeline. So I would actually make clothes for, you know, my college friends. I remember nights where everyone would be dressed in my dresses and it was kind of embarrassing. (laughs) um, And then I... Stopped in pets for a little bit. And then I started doing kids more because just the, the nature of upcycling, you're going to be cutting down from adult-sized clothing. So I just started moving into kids because the proportions looked great and, you know, the variety of the fabrics kind of turn into these really nice pieces. So then I just kind of pushed into kids.
0: This would have been closer to after graduation and when you were working, when the kids sort of focused in on on kids.
1: Right. I would say senior year when I started, you know, applying for jobs or looking for jobs. Then, you know, I was like, oh, I, I really love, you know, children's fashion design. Um and so that's probably where I did start looking for jobs. In, in that field. Right. I, that makes mm-hmm. sense.
0: Okay. And were you selling this stuff? I mean, so it's not, I love that story of, of your, all your friends wearing your.
1: <laughs> wearing Some your, of them still have them. I bet. Of them actually
0: put Vin- them on recently. And- it's like vintage, vintage, <laughs> vintage, yes. yeah, vintage, vintage uh-huh. Courtney Courtney. So, um, that's really funny. Um, so, so, uh, um, were you selling these at
1: like craft fairs or were you just giving them away? Um, yeah, I guess I would once in a while do a fair or, you know, some like, schools would have shows and you could be a part of it. Um, I think I would even try to put them in stores sometimes, but I, you know, it's not really, I'm not a good salesperson. So it wasn't very easy to, and plus it's not that fun to You know, take something in and say, oh, this will sell if we sell it. Or, you know, you'll make money if we sell this and then have to go pick it up and that whole route. So I think eventually I did start to move online. I think online shopping started picking up a little bit more at that point.
0: Right. That was the sort of easier, easier route. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think Etsy, uh, I had actually started in my store Maybe in two thousand and four. So Etsy launched. Perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> Etsy
0: launched two thousand and five, yeah. like in this okay. summer. So, so maybe you
1: were maybe one of the earlier Etsy right. shops. I think. I think so. Okay. I remember sitting at my uh, parents' kitchen table after moving home, and I, I think I'd opened the store there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I opened an
0: early Etsy shop as well. So um, Etsy at that time, it really was like um, the answer to a prayer, you know, it was like, wow, great. This is, this is exactly what I need, you know,
1: because mm-hmm. uh,
0: e-commerce was so hard then.
1: Right. I don't really know how I had heard about it. I probably threw Carnegie Mellon
0: mm-hmm. crowd, but. Okay. So, yeah. so you started selling online and you were still working your day job. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. And silk screening on on the floor, <laughs> of your,
1: yes, of your apartment <laughs> washing screens in the bathtub. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Um, and and did there come like a tipping point? I mean, is this this is your full time job now? No, that
1: one maybe three years ago or four years ago. Okay, I've lost track. There was a tipping point where I remember asking my boss, um, "Do you think I could not work on Fridays?" I totally forgot th- about this until recently. And she thought I was going to quit. And so she allowed me to do that. So that really, you know, gave me a, a lot more time.
0: <laughs> okay. So was and that
1: was, like a few was years? Nice.
0: <laughs> was that like a few years into your job?
1: Probably yeah, probably like halfway in.
0: Okay. All right. And then you were so you had Fridays off to to work on
1: Courtney Courtney? Mm-hmm. Fridays, evenings, all weekends. And how did you settle Mornings.
0: on how did you settle on that name, Courtney Courtney?
1: You know, I've been using it since I believe it was AOL Instant Messenger allowed you to have 16 characters. And so corny corny just fit perfectly.
0: (laughs) And so you're like, just I just kept it. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, okay, yeah, um so, so that just stuck. um all right, and um, and I wonder if you could describe for people who haven't seen what your dresses look like, um and obviously, it's not just dresses, it's also shirts and ponchos and mm-hmm. um dog coats and cat sweaters and um a bunch of other things as well. but if you can kind of just give people a general description of kind of what they look like so so they understand what it,
1: what it looks like, that'd be great. Well, each piece is unique. So I, I tend to work in themes. So, you know, say I did print, you know, like recently I just printed a bunch of maple leaves. And so you'll see that print kind of carried throughout. Um, I try to cater to what styles little girls might like. However, they're... Uh, opinions are really varied lately so some will only wear twirly dresses um some do not want to wear those anymore so it's just tops um you know bright colors i love stripes i love you know some fringe but kind of more of a clean but colorful you know all in one piece that can grow with the child so you know it might be a dress first and then a tunic and then some of them are still wearing them as tops with shorts and it's it's really kind of amazing to see them like change in the same piece right because they're knit so they stretch so they can kind of grow with that yes i love knits um and i, I love cotton uh, i finding it harder to find good cottons which kind of worries me and basically um,
0: you're like going to the thrift store you're buying t-shirts
1: um and also kind of like rugby shirts Right. Any sort of I have different purposes. So you know, are sort of like sleeves, like they need to be stretchy. Um, the bodies can be be a little more rigid. You know, want some weight at the bottom of the dress. Um, the collars are a whole different, you know, type of need. And yeah,
0: and you're looking for right. You're looking for inter- interesting prints. They can be bold, florals, stripes, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. You also I like tie dye, tie dye, and sometimes things <laughs> with like. Um, with words on them.
1: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, people always seem to gravitate towards graphic tees. Mm-hmm. And then some people really don't like them. <laughs> Just but depends. I'll kind of vary it up.
0: And then you're mixing and matching. So the sleeves might have stripes. And then the bodice of the dress has a totally different print. And then the waist, mm-hmm. a third color. And then the... And the um, skirt is made up of, you know, three or four different um, uh, stripes kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, mixed them So you end up with a dress that's really bright and colorful and and just sort of very one of a kind and doesn't look like anything you've ever seen before.
1: I hope so. I, I used to, I mean, I still say I like to, I think every color goes together or I make it. So... Oftentimes, when I'm looking at a piece, I try to, you know, kind of tie everything back in to make it work. But then I, I spend a lot of time just sifting through piles, looking for that one color or print. I
0: want to take a minute now to talk with our sponsor, Indigo Junction, and the founder of Indigo Junction, Amy Berrickman. Amy Berrickman. At Indigo Junction. Can you tell me a little bit about what's new on the
2: Indigo Junction blog? Well, we have a whole month of giveaways in celebration of a national sewing month. We're doing fabric and notions and uh, as well as, of course, Indigo Junction patterns. What kind of cool things are you giving away? This week, we actually have a fun collection of Riley Blake fabric from the blogger CK Sew. And we have some notions and tools from Dritz. And then the winner gets to pick three patterns of their choice from indigo junction so also on the blog we're sharing information about the different fabrics that we're featuring in the giveaways so there's some education inspiration and lots of good information when people visit the blog it's at indigojunction.com And I will also mention we have a really active and inspiring sewing community on our Indigo Junction Sewing Pattern Facebook group. And that um, group also has giveaways each week this month. So we have a lot of fun things going on to celebrate National Sewing Month. Oh, wow, that's cool. People sharing their makes and exchanging information on experiences with our patterns. And so it's really a great community to Get involved in if you enjoy garment sewing. We also share some of our Fabriflare projects and you know a little bit of everything, but there's a good amount of fashion apparel sewing that's discussed. So if people are interested in that, that group's a good one to join. And there's giveaways going on in there too. Yes. Each week we have a giveaway of the same fabric company that we are featuring on the blog. So next week we have Moda. And the last week in September, we have an art gallery. So yeah, some great fabrics.
0: That's nice. Okay, so good incentive to get involved in the Indigo Junction Facebook group. Well, Amy, this sounds really great and celebration of National Sewing Month, which is the whole month of September. So lots of ways to have fun, get involved and learn more. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Abby.
0: All right, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Indigo Junction. And now back to my conversation with Courtney. And it's amazing to see the refashions on your website. You have, like, you'll take what looks like maybe a men's extra large rugby shirt or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you'll make, you know, you said you work in batches, you'll make like six girls' dresses from that mm-hmm. shirt.
1: Yeah, I like to, if I can do like, you know, the before and after and show all the, you know, different pieces I made from the one print. It's kind of kind of fun to look back. And then, you know, I'll I'll hear from someone like, oh, we have a dress with that print. You know, it's kind of fun (laughs) to think about that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. And and sometimes too, like the shirt, there was one where the shirt is, it's really ugly. Like it's just not <laughs> a fashionable shirt. It's like red women's t-shirt and it's got these like You know, six sunflowers on the front. I mean, uh it's just like not a stylish t-shirt. You know, yeah, it's like oh gosh, where you know. But I I,
1: yeah, it's very exciting to find those. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and you're just like this is a really kind of you know I don't know worn looking shirt, but you Mm -hmm. will take it and cut it and make I mean a really like on trend awesome looking set of girls dresses from that with the sunflowers it's just it's an amazing transformation and it you know took that women's t-shirt out of the landfill Mm -hmm. and just transformed Mm -hmm. it it's right yeah and then and then also how important is the screen printing because another piece of this too is that you're putting these images overlaid on top
1: i guess that i don't i think you do find a lot of solid colors so you know it just gives it an extra dimension plus it's you know a little extra corny corny yeah i go in phases where i do love printing and then sometimes i just don't feel like it and how do you
0: keep all of <laughs> all of your thrifted shirts organized i mean i imagine are you are you do you have a system? I mean, what, what does it look like? I will like?
1: have to include a photo for you. Please do. It, yeah. <laughs> it is crazy. What um, does it look like in I your have studio? stacks okay. everywhere. I have um, like three bookshelves filled with just stacks. And then underneath my table, which I was trying to avoid doing that, but I have sleeves. You know, I, when I work, I'll cut a shirt apart a certain way. Um, so there's just, you know, a whole bin of sleeves. Um, or little pieces and now that I'm doing more pets clothing so I know the little pieces are going to be good for you know what a dog sleeve or a uh, collar or something like that so there and then I used to go by color but now I think I go a little bit more by function so the weight of the fabric um the stretch yeah it's and every once in a while but just because I start yanking things out I have to sit down and reorganize each stack But then it's helpful I discover, you know, things I forgot about. Mm -hmm. How often are you going thrifting now? I probably do go more in the summer just because I'm terrified of being shocked. And that happens in the winter here (laughs) a lot um, at the thrift store. Um, So maybe at least once or twice a month. Okay. Um, Also, my parents help me. So my father knows which thrift stores have like half off days. So And they're retired, so he will drive around and thrift for me and my mom and him will wash and they roll them up and send them over. Oh, that's nice. Boxes. So when I I said the UPS guy might buzz, that is should be a box from them.
0: Yeah, you were saying before we started <laughs> recording the UPS guy might buzz, so <laughs> the buzz might be a box of washed and thrifted mm-hmm. shirts from them. So that that is nice, and um and so you're you're thrifting once or twice a month, and then they're thrifting mm-hmm. once or twice a month as well. Um, no, he
1: he goes very often. I think they have their own stash in the garage. Wow! Nice, <laughs> overflowing. Um, and it's actually kind of funny. He, you know, he wants me to be very specific in what I want, which is great. Um, because I, you know, I'd hate to receive something that I couldn't use, and have to donate. But, um, I told him I wanted at least sixty percent cotton. So we have a
0: <laughs> we have guidelines. Okay, so he will look at the labels before he buys. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, that's wow, that's interesting. And so they <laughs> they take it all home and wash it for you. So they must be really proud of the business.
1: I I hope so. I think they they always said they didn't really have to worry about me, but I think sometimes they do. Especially now that I'm just doing this full time.
0: Yeah, cuz that's a real leap of faith, you know, mm-hmm. to say, "Well, I'm going to thrift and cut up these T-shirts and screen print some of them, and then sew them yeah. back together and sell them online. <laughs> and uh-huh. that's going to yeah, support photograph me them and hope. <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: Hope it's your size.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but they must be. You know, they're supportive and proud of the business that you've built. And it, I mean, it's really a beautiful phenomenon. So I can see why, but, um, thank you. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the business itself now that Mm -hmm. people have a little bit of an understanding of sort of what it actually physically is. Um, but sort of the business stages. So one of the things I think I want to talk about is, um, is marketing and, Mm -hmm. um, and first maybe the, the mailing list. Um, okay. So, so in the beginning, when I first found you, I would see a dress and I would be like, darn, it's gone. Mm. And, um, and I couldn't figure out like why it was gone. And then I, I think I realized that it might've been because I wasn't on your mailing list. Um, I'm not sure, but I think that might've been why. Um, so, so do you, can you talk a little bit about that, about sort of how you handle that and, and
1: the importance of, of your mailing list first I did start on Etsy um and then I had a few big you know discoveries and so then items would sell out almost as soon as I posted them so I moved to my big cartel store um and they kept kind of selling out um and so I decided I would switch and instead of just listing item by item have a Uh, email that would go out to whatever sizes people signed up for and they could shop you know directly from the email and the first person to buy it that would be it you know and everybody would have the same chance to shop and also I was you know thinking I mean who's going to be on Facebook you know all the time just waiting for addresses to come up so it seemed like the the fairest way to you know reach people so that they could get their size quickly okay and so, did that work well? Yeah, yeah, they would they would sell out pretty well. Um, over time, I mean, now at the point where uh, obviously a lot of the girls have outgrown my sizes, is you know, it started to slow a little bit. And then now with Instagram, I mean, people just if they see a dress, you know, they just want to buy it immediately. So I've kind of switched into, I don't want to share something and it not be available. You know, I would spend a lot of time, you know, saying this is coming or like, you know, this is in the next email or like get ready. So it's, it's changed a bit. So I try to have everything ready to shop in the the store now. I see. Okay. Yeah. But but I still try to send out emails. Um, They're probably not as often as they were, but uh, probably once a week.
0: Okay. All right. That makes sense. And can you tell us about some of those big, you you had mentioned um, that there were a couple of big wins in the beginning that sort of um, helped you get popular. Um, What Mm -hmm. were some of those? Were they like big press mentions
1: or something? Yeah. Uh, One of them was Cool Mom Picks, who has still been featuring my work, which has been great. Um, One was deuce which i never i mean i'm not a mom so i don't follow mom bloggers so much but that one seemed to be a large push and um i actually was when etsy had their homepage page of featured seller which was also a big you know burst of right new customers
0: yeah Okay. So between those sort of three mentions that helped Mm -hmm. a lot to build it. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think that that was the reason why I wasn't able to get those dresses in the beginning Mm. and I couldn't figure it out. I was like, how come they're gone before? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was, and it was the mailing list. And then I've also noticed that you do a really good job of featuring customer photos. So customer photos just seem to play a really important role in your business and, um, on your Instagram, on your blog, um, on your website itself, you have all of these photos of girls wearing Courtney, Courtney dresses all over the place Mm. in Abu Dhabi, um, Mm. (laughs) and all of these all over the world, all different types of girls, all different, you know, looks, Mm -hmm. um, doing all different things, you know, and boats all over the place. (laughs) Um, and they're just so beautiful. I mean, beautifully shot photos and, you know, it's almost to me like, um, it almost serves as like a catalog shot, you know, and mm-hmm. it, because your your work is each piece is one of a kind, so it can't be replicated, and so in that way, it doesn't really make sense to have a catalog because it's like you can't order that one again, right? You know? uh-huh. But yeah, you have all these beautiful photos, so I just wanted to hear a little bit more about those and how you get them and and how you get permission to use them and and how you started featuring them and
1: all of that. I think somewhere along the way, then I had gotten in touch with a lot of the professional mom photographers like groups and so uh, yeah a lot of them actually are professional photographers taking the photos who happen to be moms um but some of the you know people have gotten really good at you know taking just phone shots um and you know they're happy to share I always ask of course if I can share the photos yeah they're they're really impressive and you know, around the world on their travels. And I'm really happy to, to share what they've shared with
0: me. And so they're just sharing them with you voluntarily. Like, are they using the Courtney Courtney hashtag or how is this happening? Um,
1: Yeah, I, they usually will share it or email me and then I'll contact them. And then sometimes we just have a good fit. And so uh, namely, I think the one you mentioned with Abu Dhabi is the photographer, Kirstie. Um, so We've actually met when she came to Chicago with her girls, um, but they travel the world and, you know, I'll just send them dresses, probably bundles. And especially now, since the girls are getting bigger, I'm trying to get more and more to them before they outgrow them. You know, it's it's such a treat to see them being worn, you know, on a train in India or, you know, they were just in Oaxaca and, you know, swimming in Chinotes. And it, it was so neat. To see it and be you know taken up long in this journey
0: yeah so just because you you guys have a nice friendship and so
1: right yeah I can always there's some for some reason there's always you can tell when you have a good you know it's gonna click you know and she's someone who values you know earth-friendly pieces greatly mm-hmm. so that that's also a, a big draw right Totally.
0: Yeah. And I, I just think for anybody who is hoping to cultivate those kinds of friendships and Mm -hmm. also just, um, that kind of community among customers who Mm -hmm. will send you photos like that, I just really recommend checking out the way that you've done that because it really is admirable and beautiful to see, um, Just people all over the place with their daughters in your in your
1: dresses, and their dogs too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, adorable dogs. Yeah, I've been. It's been a little tough to to meet new moms with you know younger daughters to you know start wearing the dresses again. But a lot of the families seem to have dogs now, so (laughs) some of them have said that's why they've gotten dogs so they can continue wearing Courtney Courtney. (laughs) that's so funny yeah and people are i mean with you know uh, since i ask everyone if i have permission to share their photos obviously people are very willing to let you share photos of their pets right yeah and they have their own accounts so it's it's pretty fun (laughs) yeah and
0: there's you know there's so many i was just thinking there's so many um dogs with their own instagram accounts Mm mm-hmm you yep. know, and pet owners tend to want to buy things for their pets, too. It's a whole different market,
1: you know. Right. I've discovered, I mean, more young people like me probably, you know, may not have children. So these are their children. And also I have another wave of uh, grandmas or, you know, empty nesters who have their new babies to dress. So Right. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's It's been interesting. Totally. To relaunch pets um, and see like the parallels between yeah between the children's clothes, mm-hmm. children's clothes and having
0: pets, um, and have you thought about doing lines for adults or is that not at all
1: on the table? I get that question very often, um, but as I mentioned, since I'm upcycling, it is harder to you know increase the size of the found clothing. Mm-hmm. So if they, they're going to be very PC or I don't, the proportions just don't look as great to me. Mm-hmm. I have to really be in the mood to work with, you know, larger swatches of fabric. That, that makes uh, sense. Once in a while I do, of, of course I make things for myself, but also women are very particular about their bodies and, you know, what undergarments they need to wear and, you know, what features they want to hide <laughs> or enhance. So it becomes a bit tricky.
0: Yeah, dressing kids, it's got that simplicity Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, And do people send you special garments, like special t-shirts, you know, their favorite t-shirt from college or whatever, and want you to use it to make, you know, because it's worn out, Mm -hmm. to make dresses for their kids and that kind of thing? Is that something that you do? I
1: try not to I'm kind of picky about what uh, pieces I make but if they are someone who have actually you know owned my work before then it's then we can definitely do that because you know they know what to expect and they know how it's going to fit and you know what styles they want because um, I don't feel comfortable cutting into someone's sentimental t-shirts okay unless without, you know if there's yeah unless they kind of have knowledge of you know what to expect they have like a pre-existing
0: relationship mm-hmm. with you, or something. Like yeah, that.
1: you got to do a little work on your end. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Okay, but you will do it on on some occasions.
1: Yes. Uh huh. And I, yeah, I love like a you know a special project if you know that's really you know a good possibility of being a great outcome. So mm-hmm. those ideas are always entertained. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's that's cool.
0: I also think um, you you do screen printing like. I think they're screen printed. They're like
1: a big number. So those are all found. Oh, they're, so all, they're found. all the you know, sports like oh, you know, right. sports. Yeah. So they're just taken
0: from. They're like the, the back, back, the number on mm-hmm. the back. And then you're just putting it on the front of a, of a dress.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So I've bought many of those as oh, okay. special birthday dresses for my kids for their birthdays, you know, like yeah, the number five. five. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have. So I have three girls and all of them wore the same five dress for, yeah, oh, okay. for their I fifth birthday. I think
1: I remember like the first photo and yeah.
0: she was very shy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> I love those.
0: And it just makes such a perfect birthday dress because it's got the number like right on the front. So um, yeah. yeah, those are great. We have
1: some kids who have started. Yeah, they'll go all the way through. I love to put those together, you know, the consecutive. Birthdays.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are great. Um, and, and then you've also done some really cool collaborations. Um, so I want to make sure we talk about those. And one of them was with Bamboletta Dolls. Um, and I've actually had Christina Platt. I saw that. Um, yeah, from yeah. Bamboletta on the podcast so people can go back. It's actually many episodes back. I forget which one it was, but it's a while back. Um, and listen to the story of the, of those dolls. But you made Courtney Courtney dresses for Bamboletta dolls, which was really neat. And I wondered if you could talk about how that came to be.
1: I think at that point, that was when I you know, I'd list items on Facebook and they would just be snapped up immediately. I think... I was in, like, a kind of a community where, you know, she has always been good about... Christine has always been very good about, you know, collaborating with artists to provide clothing for her dolls. Um, so I believe we just kind of, you know, worked out, you know, let's, let's make a few pieces and, you know, list them when she was listing the dolls. Mm-hmm. And so she sent me a doll, you know, so I could... You know, do my sizing and style it up and create my pattern. How did it go? Oh, it was great. It was fun. Yeah. Um, I would actually kind of equate it to my pet's clothing now because, you know, I was able to use all those little pieces of prints that I'd saved, you know, and it was kind of like a, you know, more dramatic, small dress.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think it's fun to, and it's, it's to do some co-marketing with another maker because, you know, you both are appealing to a kids market, uh, or I guess mm-hmm. the market is really moms and dads and grandparents. You know, people who mm-hmm. are buying for kids. Um, so it's really the same audience of buyers in a way,
1: but yeah, it's know, also somewhat different. You know, so the also our customer I think overlapped a lot. Um, you know, the people who enjoy natural, you know, products and you know, sentimental gifts and are willing to pay for something handmade right that has become a, a big issue <laughs> i would say is you know how much do people want to pay for you know something one of a kind and you know it spent a lot of time making
0: right because bamboletta dolls are, are quite expensive and how how much is an average courtney and courtney dress um i say around now it's
1: between maybe 50 and 65 which I so actually I, don't
0: think is that expensive if you're going to no, be buying I one from, <laughs> like a Bowdoin dress is about that much. Right. Yeah. I know.
1: I I sometimes will look around. I have been a little in a bubble lately of uh, looking at, you know, what else is out there. But I looked recently and I was like, what? I don't, <laughs> I need to probably raise my prices. Um, I kind of slowed them a little bit because, you know, I, I want, you know, more people to have them. But do you still run so. in? do you still bump
0: up against people who bulk at that price oh
1: yeah Mm -hmm. I get I get a lot of emails um are you gonna have a sale soon or uh (laughs) which which is very flattering (laughs) um yeah do you have any first-time buyer discounts right yeah which they say no to everything
0: yeah and how do you how do you respond to that sort of thing because I know you know, you've been in business for a long time, so you've got, I'm sure a pretty thick skin, but it can be hard for people who are sort of just breaking in um, to a handmade market, you uh, know, when people ask those kinds of questions and they they bulk oh, at the the price point and you, you've thought to yourself, my gosh, this is this is low for what I'm
1: offering. <laughs> yeah it's um I am I don't count myself being as a good person in, in customer service at all um so I sometimes don't reply which is really bad uh, <laughs> I don't reply a lot of time but I mean I do have uh, times throughout the year um so like earth day or you know that whole month that we'll have specials so you just sort of I don't know yeah it's kind of it kind is of hard weird, uh, but there there are times where you can you know get get a deal something on sale yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah when I look back at it I'm like you know I you know I spent how much you know, my time and, you know, collecting and working on this, that it, it feels bad to let it go for less.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cause I don't know, have you worked out about how much time it takes? I don't know if you have from start to finish, obviously yeah. there's many steps involved when it comes right. to finding each of those knits t-shirts and washing yeah. it etc I mm-hmm. don't know if you've looked cutting at them apart uh-huh. cutting it apart and then you know p- piecing together exactly which pieces are gonna
1: work together and right know, all so the twirly that. ones are of course you know take a lot more time yeah anything that's a lot of piecing or like kind of more detailed like I really have to focus on the piece work are gonna be pricier mm-hmm. but I try to be kind of Relative to you know how much of time I did spend on it, the prices, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But how, do you know how many hours on average it might take for one piece? Yeah, for like an I guess for uh, a regular dress,
1: I would never work for over an hour on a piece. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So it takes <laughs> but, under an hour to make one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think most of my time is just pouring through stacks and trying to find the right pieces, or yeah yeah i kind of deliberate over trims or yeah and then deciding what size even like the starting point what size is it going to be
0: but the cutting and the sewing part of it is under an hour is what you're saying
1: yeah the actual yeah actual sewing and, and cutting um assembling is not so much it's just the actual grabbing all the pieces that i want in it
0: And how much of your average day are you actually sewing and how much of your average day? Sort of like break down for us kind of what your average day is really spent on now that you're full-time in your business. Mm -hmm. I think people are always curious, like, what does it really look like?
1: Right. And uh, most of the time, I wonder where the time went. (laughs) Um, And I am not really like an organized scheduling person at all. So it's... Kind of when I have the time to devote to it. So I also take photographs according to daylight. So most of my photos are going to be out in the morning or before the sun goes down. So I have to finish things by that point. The other thing is to target when I'm feeling like sewing or creating. Because sometimes I just don't really feel like it. So then I'll try to allocate time to computer. You know, making photoshopping or listing items or doing shipping
0: right I actually think that's really an important point which is to say this is a creative field Mm
1: -hmm. and a
0: creative occupation and you can't necessarily say to yourself well I'm going to make the product
1: every day
0: Mm -hmm. from nine to one
1: right I can't say that I wake up and I have to finish five dresses today you know it's that would not happen I mean it could happen but they might not be very good. It would. No. They wouldn't be probably my favorite works. And then I would just be my neck would probably hurt. Yeah. <laughs> just being hunched over.
0: Yeah. And it, it kinda <laughs> kill it kinda kills the joy of it. Like in order for you to really enjoy it and to feel proud of the finished pieces, you have to have that feeling of like, I really want to work on this right now because I have good because mm-hmm. I-, I have a really good idea. Like I Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Have, so when people yeah. really tell me that you know they I want this one, then I'm like I can't. I'm like I don't want to. <laughs> I'm like I already made it. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to revisit it. Yes, that's
0: always been my issue with commission work. Hmm. Um, is that I don't want to. I don't want to make somebody else's idea, and so mm-hmm. I've never really been great at that. Um, because I I just want to do my own idea, and so. Yeah, that's always been hard. Um, Okay, and so, and and the rest of the time you're sort of on the computer. Would you say that more of your time is spent computer stuff or more of your time is spent sewing stuff? I feel like I'm snacking constantly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Most of my time is snacking. Which is also computer time. (laughs) I actually probably try not to sit here too much. When I'm working on the emails, um, then I, I do seem to sit for longer periods of time, but I try to save that for evenings when it's dark and I can't see all my fabrics so well. Mm -hmm.
0: And have you thought about getting help? Do you have anybody who helps you on anything, whether it's like, you know, outsource kind of stuff uh, for the computer, computer stuff or um, cutting, sewing, obviously your
1: parents help you with the thrifting, but anything else? Yeah, I've thought about it, but never have gotten into Mm -hmm. actually looking. I would say in that in that aspect, I'm probably in more controlling, or think it's you know faster if I just do it myself. Mm-hmm. Like I you know I know where everything is. Um, I also do think that since everything is one of a kind, it it adds another dimension of confusion to everything. Um, like even you know where I've put the item after it's done. Right, it gets. Maybe I'm just messy. <laughs> yeah, <it's,
0: laughs> maybe I'm just dis- disorganized. It's interesting. I um, one another episode of this podcast. I spoke with Jess Brown, and she makes handmade dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of so somewhat interest, uh, somewhat comparable in that they're all one of a kind. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the same pattern for the doll, but they're all um, different. Each one's different, and. Um, And she was all working alone and then met somebody who told her, you need help and sort of insisted that she, (laughs) she, she hire her to help her and, um, and they really scaled the business and now she's Uh got lots of help and has like a, an outside studio space with many helpers and, um, and which is a very different path. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's really fascinating to think about sort of the options there and how they made that that work um, and relinquishing that level of control over a business that is handmade still. Um, every right. doll is made by hand, um, but then they're able to sell to, you know, a place like Land of Nod um, mm-hmm. or, you know, big retailers because they've got enough people to sew for them um, to be right. able to do that, to sell one-of-a-kind items to a big retailer, to, you know, anthropology or something like that. So Right. That
1: would that would be a, a great right? thing. And every once in a while I'm like, I'm really gonna, you know, sit down and, you know, plan this out, but I'm still gathering all my <laughs> gathering all my ideas of, you know, which parts I would like to And I don't know if you can do
0: that too with uh, with an upcycled product. No. <laughs> because there's regulations, right, with kids um, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Fibers, right? Sort of like white. I don't. Do you, I, do you know a lot about that? Sort of what
1: kids can there wear? There was a while back where there was issues with, you know, getting like no lead certified. Yeah. But I don't really know what happened with that. I just know I had to, you know, mark on each item so that people could track back to, you know, who made it or where it was made. Okay. So do you have like a um, special tag for that? Yeah. I just, I mean, it just says, you know, how to care for it. I mean, I. I write that it's recycled fibers, so some are unknown. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I and and if they so needed to track me down, then they could <laughs> right. So people can find you
0: and, and know where it right. came from. Mm-hmm. I say right, yeah, yeah. And I don't know whether uh, you know what the I limitations are then, as far as scaling something like that. That's a great question. Yeah,
1: and then when I think of you know, even if I were to pick a dress to replicate the the idea mm-hmm. of that doesn't seem that great to me no no absolutely not uh, wanting
0: to replicate one single thing certainly <laughs> would, mm-hmm.
1: wouldn't be um, For different sizes yeah. right right
0: <laughs> no that's not at all courtney courtney um, the yeah. point of it is that everyone is different and so yeah. you can't get that same one again totally mm-hmm. yeah um, and you wouldn't want to change that because that would change everything. So yeah, right. yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's just, these bigger questions are interesting to think about. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, so do you have anything coming up that you want to talk about before we get to your recommendations or are you just kind of keep on keeping on, on um, along the same path?
1: Mm. Yeah. Back to the collaborations. Yeah. So I've been working with this uh, t-shirt company. Also, they're actually from like the high school next to mine in Virginia. And so they will send me, it's called Blackbird Supply. Oh yeah. And so they will send me uh, their prints. And so there actually are some Halloween ones coming up soon. So pretty excited about that.
0: So when you say they'll send you their prints, are these t-shirts that are sort of um, seconds, that kind of thing?
1: Um, yeah. So that's something I would really love to get more into is you know, t-shirt companies that if they have pieces they can't sell, you know, they're misprints or just, you know, defective t-shirts. Those are fabulous to work with. And, you know, these are just also great prints. A lot of them are, you know, based on wanderlust and camping and travel.
0: Yeah. And then you can make them into dresses and Mm -hmm. other stuff like that. That's a great point. And if any t-shirt companies are out there listening or people know of t-shirt companies who might be a good fit. Because their prints, um, you know, lend themselves especially well to girls' dresses, um, mm-hmm. but have seconds that, you know, and that end up either being sort of recycled or put in a landfill. This would be a really great collaboration partnership with Courtney and Courtney to come out with a, a really special line um, to upcycle them into something really neat.
1: So get in touch, (laughs) right? And maybe Um, you'll see them in Abu Dhabi.
0: Yeah, you'll see them all over the world being, Mm -hmm. uh, being worn by awesome, awesome young people. So, all right, well, that's, that's pretty cool. And um, yeah, I saw a couple of those um, from Blackbird uh, on your site. So, so that's really neat. So check out some Halloween ones around the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, And you've got some neat recommendations Totally oh. out of uh, textiles and uh, <laughs> garments, some things, some things off the uh, uh, on totally different topics. So Casey Musgrave's music.
1: So tell us a little bit about that. Technically, she's a country singer, but yeah, you should definitely check her out and her videos. Um, she's just, I guess, a little more progressive, and there's a lot of puns in her music. It's it's just like cute and glittery and enjoyable.
0: Okay, lovely, and
1: um, some Sean Baker films. Um, I watched the Florida Project this year, and it was like probably my favorite movie. I haven't seen it. What is it about? Yeah, these are not kid friendly so much. Okay, (laughs) Um, but they're very you know gritty, and you know the perspectives are are really interesting. And I I, I do like more gritty films, and then I'll, I'll watch movies over and over again while I'm working.
0: Is that mostly think, what
1: you do while you're working is watch movies? Um, yeah. A lot of Netflix and I guess Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I need to have movies and TV shows on that I'm not getting sucked into watching actually. So a lot of it is listening.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's why I listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to have something on as well while I'm working because otherwise I make excuses to get up and go do something else. So <laughs> yes. uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Um, and the Wall Street Journal, that's uh, your last one.
1: Yeah. I I mean, they cover a lot of topics, but they do also, I do like to read about fashion and, you know, the industry and, and seeing what people you know, are, are buying around the world and you know, what's not doing well. I guess I like reading about shopping malls failing <laughs> and, you know, big box stores. And Because, I mean, it, it all is relative into what clothing people are buying online and, and how they're getting it. I mean, yeah, what they're selecting according to season or, you know, where they live.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you feel like you try to keep up on kind of fashion trends?
1: I do. I, I like reading about You know, what's really popular and especially, which is boggling me more is, you know, the younger, younger generations and, you know, their, their habits with their, everything is online or on their phones, especially. Yeah. So trying to, I, I feel kind of lost sometimes with like Snapchat or I I can't figure it out. Me neither. So (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's been interesting to, to read about, you know, personalities that have gotten, you know, really famous on youtube or instagram right Um, and you know and that really does dictate a lot of fashion Mm -hmm. and trends yeah because you know the parents will will want to share you know obviously photos of their children wearing great clothing and unique spots and be admired i don't know if that's good or bad (laughs) right but it but it, it definitely has you know influenced fashion
0: yeah for sure Totally. So keeping up with all that's important to a brand like mm-hmm. yours so that you're sort of in the know about what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's easy to sort of be complacent and let these things keep going and, and not keep on top of it. And then before you know it, you're sort of out of touch, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is scary.
1: In my stacks of fabric.
0: <laughs> Hidden behind <laughs> all of your T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Walsh and Apps podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you and getting to know you a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to talk to you after seeing your name and email a decade ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was really great. So you've been listening to the Walsh podcast. I'm at Abby Glastonberg. Visit my blog, walshandapps.com, where you can sign up for my email newsletter to get the best in sewing, blogging, and small business delivered right to your inbox each week. Thanks to Indigo Junction for sponsoring today's podcast. Designs include purses, aprons, holiday decor, and more. Be sure to visit Indigo Junction's blog for giveaways, as well as inspiration, videos, and tutorials. Join the Indigo Junction Sewing Pattern Facebook group community of creative spirits sewing and sharing Indigo Junction patterns. Sign up for Indigo Junction's newsletter to receive a 20% off coupon code. Thank you so much, Indigo Junction. And if you enjoy the show, tell a friend about it. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time.